I'm going to talk to you today about hungry, <laughs> which is kind of funny because we've been fasting, right? Somebody said that. They're like, well, that makes sense. And I'm like, well, yeah. But uh, let, me, let me share with you something before I get into that, okay? I think it's really, really important. I, there's something about fear that I need you to really think about and to be aware of. Fear, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? But God has come, Jesus has come to bring life and life more abundantly. Fear, sometimes we think fear is this booming voice, and maybe it can be. You know, I used to think fear was like, oh, I'm fear, I have fear of heights, and oh, I have this fear, you know. Um, but I am beginning to realize that a lot of my life has been dictated by fear, not by God. I kind of can know the voice of fear almost more than I can know the voice of God. Hmm. That scared me. That scared me when I thought about that. I've been reading a book. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're going to hear this a lot because it's going to take me a little bit to get through it. Jamie Winship, Living Fearless. Um, and it, it has been, I'm telling you, challenging, challenging to hear God, to hear God in the midst of difficulty, in the, mix, uh, in the midst of things that are hard. Because I can get really swept away with hard, like difficult and, and, and fearful. Now, my personality, and I kind of was like that as a child, more, I'm more in tune with fear, right? Oh, 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 don't do that. Now, I'll tell you this. I almost died several times when I was young. <laughs> anyway, my poor mom. I love you. I'm sorry. Okay, so... Um, she can attest to, to most all of those, but it really created a lot of fear in my life. A lot of fear. Like when Jeff would leave and I had kids, I'd go to my mom's. You remember that? She didn't know this. It was because I was afraid of being by myself. So I slept a lot with lights on. This was a grown woman having kids. Very fearful. Very fearful of the dark. Now, as a child, I had a lot of nightmares. Demonic nightmares. So demons were very real to me. But here's the thing. God was more real to me. And I loved God, and I was hungry for God, even as a child. So, but it's interesting to watch in my life where fear has drawn lines. I even, I have found myself at 56, yes, 56, I am at that age, guys, I had to put it on a calculator. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. 1966, seriously, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm still 56, it's okay. But, um... I have found myself at times going, now, Tracy, you're a little old. You're getting old. You need to, you need to calm it down. You know, you just, you just need to comfort. You, you need comfort. I do. I like my bed. I like my pillow. I like the warm, fuzzy blanket. I, oh, I love all that. That, that is like heaven. And, uh, but I feel like that's fear going you're not going to do much else. Let me tell you, I had a dream. Now, I don't normally have dreams, and if I do, they're weird, and you don't want to hear them because they're not spiritual. You know what I'm saying? You're like, what was that? I don't even know, you know? You're like, how did, I don't know, that person get in my dream? Whew, you know? So, anyway, but I had this dream the other day, and yes, I'm getting to my, don't worry, I'm going to get there, but I just want you to hear this first, okay? 
So I had this dream, and I was reading this book, and I've been really praying to, that God would help me understand what's going on. Like, why do I have a tendency toward fear? This is not who I am in Christ. I know that. And uh, so I had this dream in the middle of reading this book. And in this dream, I was kidnapped by people. I don't even know. I didn't know them, thank God. I'm like, what? Anyway, so I was kidnapped in this dream with a woman who I didn't know, thank God, because she was... She was a pain in my neck in the dream. I'm like, and so I'm telling this woman in the dream, I'm like, we got to escape. We, we got we to escape. We got we to get out of here. And she was just kind of like, I don't know. She just acted like nothing. Was, she was like, la, la, la. And I'm like, no, no, we have to get out of here. I was very urgent in the dream. And I don't know why, but I was in, the, I was in a, like a car a, a lot, like a, like a, it was a car. It was parked in a open kind of garage thing. What is that called? Port. Yes, that's it. So anyway, I, I grabbed her in the dream. The car was white and old. I don't know. And I grabbed her in the dream by the hand, and I'm like, come on. So I'm running around the car, you know, and I'm hiding from these bad guys, right? And I mean, I'm like pulling her, and they catch me. I'm like, I am so mad at you, woman. Uh-oh, hold on. I'm going the wrong way. This is not where I'm supposed to go. So, I am pulling this woman, and um, <laughs> I'm going the wrong direction. My husband is laughing as he is watching me. Okay. And I get caught by these bad guys. And, and this guy takes this gun, and he sticks it in my face. That's what he said. And he goes, you're coming with me. And in my dream, I looked at him. I mean, I, I got, like, really, like, bold, and I said to him, God is the one who determines when I live or die, not you. And I looked at him, and I walked right out of there, and I woke up. I'm like, oh, wow. And then I thought, that's a spirit of fear who has dominated my life and told me things all the time. Like when I go on trips, you're going to get sick. I'm like, I'm not going to get sick in Jesus' name. I am not. I am not. You know, you're getting old. I am not. I'm going to do what God has called me in the land of the living. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, God is wanting to bring a boldness in you. Recognize fear and then come against it in Jesus' name. You have authority in Jesus' name. He doesn't get to tell you how to live your life. He doesn't get to tell you when you're going to die. He doesn't get, he has no authority over you, none, unless we give it to him. Unless we come into agreement with him. Be careful that you're not agreeing with fear in your life. Be very careful about that. All right, so that's my word there. All right, so we're getting ready to go into hungry. So we are ending our 21 days of prayer and fasting. How are you doing? Has it been good? Has it been a struggle? It can be good and a struggle. It's okay. It, it, it can be good and a struggle, right? So, um, have you been hungry? Have you had times of being hungry? Good, good. Physical hunger, hungering after the food or the things that we are putting aside so we can fill ourselves up with more of the Lord. Now, if you haven't been fasting with us and you're like, hey, I didn't fast, that's okay. You know what? This sermon is for you too because God is going to help you get hungry. This is the point of this sermon. The point of our fast was to become hungry after God, 
after God. Not to somehow finagle him to do things that we want him to do. Sometimes we can do that. I can do that. I've fasted before like that. And, and God is a gracious and he loves us and he understands. But I'm telling you, this fast has been different. You may think because we're going and we're going to do the break the fast meal today and then you can stop fasting, but I'm telling you, this is only the beginning. Do you hear me? This is only the beginning. You may stop the fast physically, but there is a hunger that God is depositing in you right now for more of Him, for more of Him. And I just want to encourage you in that. Do not go back. I told my husband, I'm like, God, I do not want to go back. I do not want to go back. I do not want to go back. I am different these 21 days. Are you? Are you different? You can be. If you say, I don't know about that, it's okay. But I'm telling you, there's more of God, and he wants to do something in your life. There's more than just food. There's more than just physical things. I'm telling you, God is on the move, and he's inviting you in, and it's going to be great. You know the adventure that Doug talked about being uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. That's what's going to, that's going to be kind of called for. So here's a quote I wanted you to say. To be hungry is to be human, but to hunger for God is to feed on him. Do you feed on God? Hunger and thirst after his righteousness and feed on him in your heart. In your heart. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It is he who will fill you to satisfaction. God, make us hungry for you. Make us hungry. Being physically hungry is the need for food, right? Where we're like, okay, I am so hungry or thirsty, right? And we just, we have this craving or this urgent need to be filled with food, sustenance. So what I'm going to be talking about is spiritual hunger, spiritual hunger. Are you hungry? Do you want to be hungry? How do you stay hungry? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you stay hungry for God? Especially in the culture that we live in. Especially with uh, all the stuff happening. How do we stay hungry for God? Well, in Matthew, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Not they might be filled, they could be filled. I don't know, if I'm having a good day, maybe they'll be filled, right? No, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. You will be filled. <laughs> I know something a little bit about hunger, going back to physical hunger, right? So I am from the country, Kentucky, right? Well, the, I know the state of Kentucky, but the country is Bowling Green. My folks, I had six aunts, including my mother, all sisters, and they could cook you under the table, and they'll love you 
with their food. So I was thinking about this the other day with our fasting and thinking about all that. And I, I remember being really young at my grandmother's house. My mom, we had stayed there. And in the morning, oh my word, bacon, eggs, homemade biscuits, and, and, oh, chocolate gravy. My grandmother's chocolate gravy. Oh, dear Lord. Yes, I know you're hungry. We're going to eat in a little bit. Do not worry. We will fill you with food. She had chocolate gravy, which was passed down to us when she passed away. But hungry. So I can think of those things, and I just get hungry. You know, you do too, probably. You got the favorite food, or you got something that your wife or your mom used to cook or whatever. And you're like, oh, that, I, could, I could really take that steak right now. I, that makes me more hungry. What do you do with God that you do that same thing? What, what do you do? Like, what, what, how do you become hungry for more of Him? Like, it's not going to be found in a food. So, is there something that draws you to God? Something that you do that draws you to God? Well, it says here, going back to Matthew 5, 5 or 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Ask God to fill you. Ask God. If you lack hunger, spiritual hunger, and you're, you're lacking and you're going, God, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know how to become hungry. It's okay. Because he's like, oh, I'm really glad you asked that question. And I'm really glad and, and very happy to help you with that. Do you see what I'm saying? Ask him. Prayer. Does prayer make you hungry for God? What is your prayer life like? Is it just a bunch of lists? Is it you begging God? If you'll just come through here, if you'll just move this, if you'll just, why aren't you moving? Come on, you know, is that? Is that how you pray? Does that make you hungry and thirsty for God? Doesn't mean, it makes me desperate and mad. I get mad at him. Doesn't make me hungry or thirsty for him. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? I love God. Do you love God? Do you love God? Sometimes when I'm sitting with God and I'm praying, especially when it's hard, right? Especially when, you know, usually it's my kids. Sorry if you're watching. It's just the way it is. Anyway, um, this is what God says to me. Let's, let's sit down a while. Sit with me. Let me love you. Let's just sit here. I know all about that. I know all about your list. I know about your kids. I know about this. I know about your finances. I know. I know all about that. Sit with me. Come. Let's sit together. Let me love you. Let me love you. That's who he is. That's who God is. That's who he wants to be in your life. What's interesting to me is when that happens, many, many times, my list kind of disappears. I'm like, oh, wow. I just, I just needed you. I needed you. I needed you to see me. I needed you to hear me. It's interesting. So how do you become hungry? Jesus, 
Matthew 4, 4, you all know this. No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. We don't live by just what we eat and what we consume physically, right? But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is in relationship to God. It is God in us coming down. It is him looking at you and going, come with me. Let's sit together. Let's, let's sit together. It's a relationship with God. I'm telling you about anything else other than relationship with God. Anything else other than relationship with God becomes a hardship. It becomes legalism. I'm going to check my box. And, oh, I got to read my Bible again. Oh, gone it, we're in Leviticus. Hear about the white hair, disgusting. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, there is, if you have not read Leviticus, there is a white hair, I promise you. But here's the thing. How do you approach God? Where is your prayer life? Where is your relationship with the Lord? Where is that? But when we started this fast, I was in a rut. I will tell you, I was in a rut. I'd go home, I'd eat dinner, I'd clean up. Then we'd lay on the couch after walking the dog. <clears throat> and I'd get my fuzzy blanket, I'd get my, you know, and we'd just lay there, just lay there, and we'd watch our favorite shows every single night. Now, here's the thing. Is it bad to watch your shows? No, not saying that. I'm not saying if you want to be hungry for God, you can never do anything that you want to do ever again. Not what I'm saying. I, I, I wanted God. I did. I loved God. I did my Bible reading. I did my worship. I loved to be with God. I did. But I was comfortable. I was comfortable. I was too comfortable. I wanted to fast, but I'm like, yeah. My husband's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I mean, I, you know how I am, guys. I'm just real. <laughs> just like, God, you need to help me have that same type of thing. Because <laughs> I, like, I like comfort, and I, I want to eat. So, um, so I, 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 was, I was in that place. And I knew I was. I knew I was. You know, in, in 1 John, it talks about if you love me, you will obey me. That's not 1 John, I know. Stay with me. You will obey me. If you love me, you will obey me. Why do we obey the Lord? Because he's going to get mad at us and punish us. He's going to be so disappointed in us. We're going to like not be his favorite child anymore. No. It's always out of a love relationship. And I began to look at my life before the fast, and I was like, God, I love you, but some of these things you're asking me to do, I want to say yes, but... I don't, I don't know. You're going to have to help me say yes. I, I, and I knew I was kind of drowning in comfort. I'm like, oh, my word. I'm here in comfort land. And uh, where is my relationship with God? So in Psalms, it talks about, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. This is David. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with him? When? When can I go and meet with him? Do you love him like that? Are you hungry for God? 
Are you hungry for that kind of relationship? Do you, do you, do you long for the Lord? I do. I long for God. Well, this is my bag that I brought. And I'm going to share with you a couple of things that helped me uh, in my hunger for God that we've been doing, Jeff and I have been doing. We've been practicing, and you all know this, spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. And I have been doing this on and off for a couple of years. I love it. I love it. And, it. and it's one of the hardest things to do because it's hard to be quiet inside. You know, it's kind of they say like monkeys jumping from one vine to another, you know. You're, uh, it's easier to be quiet on the outside but the inside. You know, learning how to still yourself. Learning how to go, okay, you're going to meet me in this place. I don't have to be productive all the time. I don't have to worry all the time. I, you know, I'm going to be quiet, and I'm going to honor you with this quiet. I'm going to trust you in this however many moments. So we've been doing 20 minutes together as a, care, as a couple. And, um, and it's interesting because it isn't like, you know, it isn't like that we both get some sort of a word from the Lord, you know. It's just interesting because we do it as a couple, we're quiet. It's so quiet. And it's interesting what you can hear when it's so quiet. So somebody gave me this. I love it. Yes, I love it. And uh, I use this in my silence and solitude. And um, this one is a little big for me, so I actually bought these tiny ones because I can fit it in my hand. So every time we sit with the Lord, Jeff's got one too. And we just sit with God together on the couches and we just sit, and we lay sometimes, and here's the thing. Sometimes I'm like, it's okay if you fall asleep in the presence of God, by the way, because you probably needed it. But it's that time with him. It is you saying to God, this is your time. I'm not going to fill it up with words. And yes, I love to worship you, but I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to worship you with quiet, and I'm going to see what you'll do. It's so amazing. It goes so against who we are, isn't it? <sighs> okay, you know, it, it's just hard. And, and here's the thing, okay? <laughs> I want you to know and see me as super spiritual. So I sit for 20 minutes and totally just do nothing but focus on God. <laughs> I try, okay? I do try. So, um, so I use a word for the Lord. I call him Abba. He is my father. So I will just, just stay to him, Abba. You are my Abba, and I'll be quiet. And then my mind will jump around on something else. I said, oh, Abba, you are my Abba. And then my mind will jump on something. <laughs> it's kind of like Fred. So, I, you know, the Lord's like, I love you, but you're kind of like a two-year-old. I'm like, I know, I'm trying. I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to do it. He goes, I just love you. I love that you're trying. You don't have to get it all right. I just love that you're trying to honor me with this. I love that you're trying to hear me. I love that you're trying to be obedient to me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you hungry for God? Do you know God in that way? Do you know him? Do you want to know him? How do you know? How do you know if you really love God? How do you know? If your love for God is out of duty, obligation, or passion, and love. 
How do you know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. How do you know? Is it a joy to be with him? Do you look forward to that? Does he warm your heart when you're with him? Does he? Do you know him like that? You can. You can know him like that. See, what happens is, is when we serve God out of obligation and duty, checking off a box, going to church, doing all the right things, it becomes obligation. And that leads to, guess what? Entitlement and bitterness. God, I did all this for you. I'm pick up, look, I have a, look, I'm going to do what Tracy said, 20 minutes with you. Quiet. So what are you going to do? You're going to change the situation? You're going to move in my life? You know? Well, I, I get up and read my Bible. You know what? That church new song, they wanted me to read my Bible every single day with them, and I did, and it nothing happened. Nothing. I'm still the same way. I do all this stuff for God, and what does he do for me? Well, gave his heart, he gave his life to us, right? He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. You know, I love my husband, by the way. And I I really, my husband stretches me. He does. And and I stretch him, as you all know. (laughs) That's what I love doing, honey, stretching you for Jesus. Um. He's smiling. He might be sleeping. I don't know. Um, but here's the thing, and I know, forgive me, guys, who love to fish, okay? I'm not a huge fisher person, okay? I, I admire it. I, I, I appreciate it. I eat it. I like that. But I, I just don't, I don't, really, I don't really love it. That's not my thing. I just, you know. But if my husband says to me, we're going to go fishing, I'm like, okay, because I get to be with him. I love being with him. I really do. I told him that the other day. I said, yeah, I still love you. It's, what, 30? Oh, 32 years. Is that right, honey? 32 years? I still really love being with you. I like you. Um, And we laugh about that. We really do. We laugh a lot about that. Um, And, uh, but if somebody else, I'm sorry, don't ask me to fish. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to fish. I don't like fishing. I don't want to fish. But if I do it with Jeff, I'm like, yeah, I like fishing. We talk all, I know you're not supposed to talk when you fish. I mean, you're really serious fishermen. You don't talk. But, you know, I don't know. I have to talk, guys. I'm sorry. This is the way it is. So, and he allows me to. He'll tell me to be quiet, but, you know, he allows me to. And I enjoy being with him. Do you see what I'm saying? So, if I did it with somebody else, I wouldn't really enjoy it as much. I don't like fishing, and it really depends on the person too. But the point is with God, if you love God, you enjoy Him. You enjoy Him. You enjoy worshiping Him. You enjoy spending time with Him. One of the other practices I do 
is called, um, I'm watching the time, is called, uh, I keep a census journal, which I don't have it in, in here with me, but, um, and it, it, it's interesting. I did this with the ladies not too long ago. Um, so I did it the other day, laying on my couch, and basically you just, you just sit with God, kind of like what you do in silence and solitude, but now what you're doing is you're becoming sensitive. God, I want to hear, I want to see, I want to experience you here in this place. So I will tell you what always blesses me, always blesses me. So I'm sitting on my couch the other day, and I, you have to give yourself a couple of minutes because, you know, you're, you're listening to all kinds of other things, especially inside. So I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, I begin to hear the wind chime that the Walshes gave me when my dad passed. And it's the most beautiful sound, which I still love, by the way, still love. And I just thought, God, thank you. Thank you for my dad. Thank you that he spent so much time with me. Thank you that he was with me. And he, I knew him as my dad, no one else. He was my dad. And that made me grateful to the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? And then I was grateful for the Walshes who blessed me with that. And then, and then it, it, it opened me up to God. I could hear the birds outside. And I was like, thank you, God, for the birds that you've given me. Thank you, God. The other day I was doing this, and I, I was wearing a sweater, and I was doing the texture, you know, what do I feel? And the sweater was kind of rough. And, but it was a sweater my daughter, my youngest, picked out for me. I'm like, oh, oh, this is a blessing from the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? I practice these things. They're called spiritual disciplines. I'd love to teach you if you're interested. But they give you another perspective of God. They help you to connect and go deeper in God and who he is. He is a relationship. He is interested in what you're doing with your life. He is interested in who you are and what you're doing. Um, I thought this quote was really great. This is by Meister Eckhart. The reason we are not able to see God is the faintness of our desire. Always goes back to our desire. Do you want to see God? Do you want to hear God? Last week, we went to Sacramento to see Jesus Culture. And it was a pastor's conference at the church, Jesus Culture, in Sacramento, which I've never been to before. It is one of the most dynamic I have ever been to. I'm telling you all, these people worshiped, and they were like, you need to worship, and you need the power of God. You need the presence of God. You need the power of God. You need to worship the Lord. And I'm telling you, and there was a whole lot of worshiping. And, and it was so amazing. Tears began to flow, and people were just entering in to worship because of God. And it just stirred me. I was like, yeah. yes, this is like water to my soul. I just need God. I need God. I need Him. I need Him. I need to know Him. I need to know Him. I'm telling you, something broke in me as I worship God. And I'm like, God, it just, I, I'm telling you. And I've come back, I haven't been the same. And I, I was with my daughter the other day. Listen to this, you're going to love it. You are going to love this, okay? All right, my daughter is not serving the Lord, okay? But you all know that. Okay, so 
I have been very, at times, careful what I say. You know, I have to tell you something. The enemy said, you need to be careful about what you're saying to your daughter about God. I've been listening to that stupid, stinking lie. I'm like, huh, I know who you are. Like, you, uh-uh, nope. So, I was with her the other day, got her a Starbucks. Yes, that kind of opens them up. <clears throat> Spending her money, uh, my money, on her. Vente drinks. Does she drink the whole vente? No. Okay. That's a little frustrating, but it's okay. We've talked about this. All right. I am in the line of Starbucks in the car, and the Holy Spirit starts stirring in my heart. Listen, the Holy Spirit started stirring in my heart. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know what this means. <laughs> so God goes, you tell her. You tell her I see her. You tell her I hadn't forgotten her. You tell her she's in a dark place, but I'm the light. You tell her that she has not been forgotten. You tell her. And I was like, yes. So I started telling her, and let me tell you something. It shifted. Do you hear me? It shifted. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. She has been distant from us for a while. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there is more. There is more. There is more in God. He wants to use you. But you have to know him first. Be still and know that I am God. Know him. Love him. Worship him. That's all. It really is quite simple, guys. It really is. Just love him. Worship him. Stop trying to figure it out. Worship him. Obey him. Worship him. Obey him. Do what he says for you to do. Do not listen to fear. Mm-mm. But you worship him. You, wor you, you, you just sit with him. Love him. Just worship him. Hunger for him. Now listen to this scripture. Oh my gosh, I was undone by this scripture. It's in Song of Solomon. 5.3. I have taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? I have washed my feet. Must I soil them again? What was happening here? The bridegroom was knocking on her door. The bridegroom was knocking on her door. This is what she was concerned about. This is what she's concerned about. I don't want to get up again. I don't want to pray again. I don't read my Bible again. I don't want to go to that service. I don't want to pray. I don't. She sacrificed intimacy for comfort. Do you hear me? She sacrificed her intimacy with her bridegroom because of comfort. Wow, that was convicting for me. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Don't do that. Wherever God is, go. Jesus, to, I mean, Jeff told me, not Jesus. Jeff told me, he said, I think we should go to Jesus culture. God has something for us there. I, I think that God is going to do something. And I'm like, absolutely, let's go. Let's go and let's expect God to do it. Let's be open. Here is what I'm saying to you. Go after God. Go after God. When I was little, I got, I, little, I was 12. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 12 years old. And in my church, it was you get saved and then you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll do it. You know, I mean, I was raised in a, basically a charismatic, as you would guess. 
church. And um, so I was familiar with the Spirit of God and, and the movement of God and what He does. And here, I want you to hear me, okay? Hear me. I didn't, I didn't know that you weren't supposed to just bring that home. You know what I'm saying? So I was little. I was like, okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. And I'm going to worship in my bedroom, on the floor, next to my bed. That's what I did. And God came. The Spirit of God comes. He doesn't just come in this place. He comes where you worship Him. He comes where you seek Him. He comes when you're hungry for Him. Are you hungry? Pray. Seek the Lord. Ask Him to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He will do it. But it is only because of the intimacy of Christ. Stop trying to figure it out. You see, we lean not on our understanding, right? We trust the Lord, but in all our ways, we acknowledge Him. Worship Him. Don't be afraid of Him. Don't be afraid of Him. Don't be afraid. I remember, my sister's probably watching too. Hey, um, <laughs> and my, and my brother-in-law. Anyway, so when I was young, right, I prayed for my sister, my twin sister, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in her bedroom. God, she totally got slain in the Spirit and came up speaking in tongues. I was 12 years old. Do you hear me? It is not about being old in Christ. It isn't even about being knowledgeable in Christ. It is about hungering and being obedient to Christ. What is he telling you to do? You have to have a love relationship first. You guard that. You guard that. You love him. You invite him in when it's hard, guys. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm almost done. Okay. I woke up at 3.30 this morning. I woke up at 3.30 this morning, and the enemy goes, you're never going to go back to sleep, and you're going to get sick. I'm like, I hate you, enemy. <laughs> I'm like, my poor husband's sick. He's over there trying to sleep, you know, and I'm like doing warfare at 3.30 in the morning, and I'm like, I am not going to get sick, and God is going to help me. So I, I've been awake since 3.30 this morning. <laughs> ah, doing warfare. Okay. Listen, do not compromise intimacy for comfort. Do not. What does it take to keep us hungry? Action. Fan the flame. Sit with the Lord. Get your worship music going. Get in the kitchen. Dance. I don't care if you can't dance. Dance to Jesus. It's fine. He loves it. He's like, look at her. She can't dance, but she's loving me. I'm like, okay. I have to go a little slower now because I get dizzy. <laughs> It's all right. It's okay. All right. So I got some people in the Bible here I want you to think about, okay? I'm almost done. Mark 10, 46 through 52. It's blind Bartimaeus. Love blind Bartimaeus. Love him. He had a life sentence of blindness. Life sentence. Used to people never seeing him, never knowing him. Blind Bartimaeus. Maybe they, him, they called him blind Bart. I don't know. You know, they didn't. But he heard about Jesus. He heard about Jesus. He heard. He heard. And he thought, when he comes my way, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be silenced. I'm not going to. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put myself out there, and, and I'm going to run, and, and I'm going to call for him. I'm going to do something, and I'm going to get his attention. You see what I'm saying? The desperation of blind Bartimaeus. Are you desperate for God? 
What keeps you hungry? Desperation. Desperation. What did he do? Oh, he was ready. And what happened? Did he have a presser? Oh, yeah. Shut up. Be quiet. Nobody wants you. Sit down. Hush. Blah, blah, blah. What did he do? He sat down. He lost out. No, he did not. No, he didn't. You know what he did? Threw off that cloak. You know why? Because he wasn't going to need it anymore. That cloak was his, where he put all the money. He stuffed all those money because people, you know, begged people all the time to give him money, right? No, he threw it off. Threw it off. Uh-uh, no, no. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to that. I'm not going back to that. I'm going to put everything I have in Jesus. Everything. Everything. Do you know what I love about Jesus? So much. So much. So much. So much. <laughs> he healed him, but he did more than that. Do you see that's who he is? He healed him, and he gave him a life. He healed him, but there was intimacy first. Do you see? Come here. Come here. Come here. Tell me what you want. No, 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 no. You tell me what you want. You tell me what you want. I know what everybody else says. You tell me. He gave him dignity. Do you understand? Jesus just not only healed him, he gave him dignity in front of all those people who never saw him. They didn't get, probably didn't even give him anything. I don't know. Maybe he spit on him. I don't know. Jesus gave him his miracle, but he gave him more than that. That is who he is. Our desperation keeps us hungry for God. Oh, hold on. I do this. Okay, Luke 8, 43 through, 40, uh, 43 through 48, the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. Her faith. Her faith. She spent everything, everything on that. Everything. Doctors, every money, everything. She was completely alone and isolated. Nobody wanted anything to do with her. They themselves would have been, right? They would have been cursed because of her. How much faith did it take for her to push her way through the crowd? She was touching all kinds of people. Guys, she could have seriously gotten in trouble. It was her faith. What will you push your way through? What are the obstacles in your life that are holding you back? What is the issue of blood in your life? What is it that won't leave you alone, that you worry and you toil over? Jesus wants to set you free. I love it. So what did he do with her? Hey, who pushed, who touched me? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? Well, I don't, you know, can you imagine the disciples? I think Jesus is a love to, he loved to stretch those guys. You know, they're like, who touched you? I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. You know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> I mean, there's a crowd of people touching him everywhere, wanting something from him. But it was the woman who had faith, who pushed her way through the crowd, who reached out and touched his hem. And power came out of him. What did he do? He brought her in front of people who had cursed her, had told her her life was over, and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. He healed her, and he gave her a life. He healed her, and he gave her dignity. Do you understand that? He's so much more than what we can know and what we realize, so much more. And of course, the last one, which I love so much, it's Peter. Peter, Peter, the one, the impulsive Peter. I so relate to Peter. He's just always in there, always in there. 
loved God, so loved God. He denied Christ, and Christ told him he would. Oh, no, I would never do that. You love the way that Jesus loves us. He knows us, guys. He knows your weakness. He knows where you struggle. He knows it more than you do. He knows it. He still loves you. He still loves you. This is where Peter had gone out back fishing, okay? Jesus had died. He had, you know, he had, he had denied him three times. Just, I love the way Jesus goes, you're going to deny me, and guess what? You're going to be famous for it, too, because guess what? The rooster is going to crow. So there, can you imagine? Thanks a lot. I got a rooster. That's what he's known for, right? So he's in his boat. He's doing what he's doing, and here's Jesus. He's coming. He's going to make him dinner. He's going to make him lunch. Got fish on the. He's just, he just making it. Then he tells him, you know, to catch the fish, and it's his huge, huge catch. Peter recognizes the Lord. And he came back. How do we keep hungry? It's our intimacy with Christ. When we fail, when we struggle, don't run away from God. Run to him. And Jesus said to him, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than the disappointment that you face right now? Do you love me because it didn't turn out the way you thought it would? See, Peter thought, you know, everybody thought they were going to do this big overthrow. And Jesus died. And he asked him three times, do you love me more than these? Do you love, it's always, always been about intimacy, guys. It begins and it ends in intimacy. It's up to us to keep the hunger going. When you fail and you make a mistake, when you openly sin, go back to the Lord. Confess, repent, and love him. And love him. See, Peter's life wasn't over. It was just beginning. It was just beginning. That's who Jesus is to you. He is so much more than you can imagine. And he loves you. He loves you this morning. So, Father, we love you. We thank you, God. Father, I pray that you would stir up hunger in our hearts. Father, I pray that we would have the desperation like blind Bartimaeus, that no matter what, no matter what, we run to you. And Father, like the woman with the issue of blood who had to push through things because of her faith, that God, we would hunger for you. And God, when we sin, when we do things, God, we would run to you. Because here's the thing, God, it's about you. You changing us, you changing us, not us changing us, you changing us. Peter began as Simon. And the relationship with Jesus made him into Peter. It's the relationship with Jesus. It's us loving you, God. It's us, God, yielding to you right now. We just thank you, Lord. Father, help us stay hungry. Help us stay hungry for you. So love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, done. So, Heavenly Father, as we break this fast, Lord, and as we...
move back into the comfort of food. God, may you keep us reminded of how close we were in the discomfort of hunger. God, seal in our hearts this thought of hungering and thirsting after you, Father. Lord, thank you for this fellowship, for this time. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. Doug Easterday will be here sharing the word. So be in prayer about that. It's going to be great. Fantastic. We love you all.